speaker, I be spiked out. I could trip a referee. Tell by my attitude that I most definitely from. This is the muster on a Tuesday afternoon. Alicia Keys is the artist for the hour. That song uh, with Jay-Z called Empire State of Mind. Uh, next guest on the muster, Jeff Grant. Good afternoon. How are you? Good, thanks, Andy. Um, how's everything in your world today? Uh, well, it started off with a lovely day today, but it's um, a bit weirder last week. But uh, still, those soil temperatures and, and, you know, sitting at 13 degrees at the moment, it's still um, pretty impressive. It is, and I think we're due to get frost tomorrow night, just reading between the lines and the forecast, etc. Yeah. and perhaps then we'll get them. So, no, nah, it's been a good start to the year. We can't complain, really, of, to the season, I suppose. Well, look, I think that uh, when you consider where we were six to eight weeks ago um, for Southland, um, we're definitely climbing out of a hole, and I think that uh, if it carries on like this, even for, you know, every day is a bit of a bonus from now on, and so... Uh, Grass cover seems to be much more impressive than where it was six weeks ago. Jeff, on-farm radiometric mapping. Um, describe this to us a bit more. Yeah, look, I, it was just out of interest. I um, had yesterday a guy rock up on a four-wheeler as part of a mapping program in regard to Balfour as uh, work being done just in the land and water science and so he had a cylinder on the front of his four-wheeler and he off he trotted and went around every paddock and cut through most of the paddocks at sort of 1,500 metres measuring ground. And what this does uh, is probably some of the, probably the most interesting work we're going to see over the next uh, couple of years. So what it, what it was doing is, is taking technology from the mining industry and this cylinder, about 30 centimetres long and probably about um, seven or eight centimetres wide, just sat on the front, and, and it measured carbon, measured potassium, radiation, the radiation in terms of the impact of a whole range of minerals. And that data, just, we're trotting along at 20 or 30 k, um, and it collects all that data, and uh, you can then take the work from that and start to look at what that impact those soils have on your farm. So, look, I'll, I'll, once I get to see the maps and what it actually means, I'll talk a bit more about it. But this is um, reasonably leading technology, the speed in which you can map out. So they, we had designated 150 hectares to be measured yesterday. I think it was all bowled over in about three hours. Uh, he's probably spent more time opening and shutting gates. <laughs> but uh, the, the technology is, is now so accessible and... You know, I keep going on about the fact that we want to get the tools that will save us having to worry about the rules in terms of uh, the problem. But nitrates, you know, in our area have been an issue, ongoing issue for 30-odd years. Uh, this is the first time that I will actually have a map to tell me, tell me in terms of each paddock where that nitrate might be or the potassium levels are. Uh, so really looking forward to seeing what it tells us. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Speaking to Richard Kite from Thriving Southland last week, Jeff, and just about the way the farmers are getting involved on farm now regarding sediments on farm, um, just different things that they're coming across these days and they're having to comply with, and just the technology that's available now and just getting people more involved on farm. It's, um, yeah, like you say, it's incredible the way that it evolves. Well, it was quite exciting to actually just think, well, here's the guy who rocks up the four-wheeler, 
um, as part of this project, which is mapping, you know, quite a bit of Balfour, uh, and, you know, just just drives around and collects all the data. They apparently will come back later and do some what they call ground truthing, where they dig actually holes to compare what the radiometrics showed them and just uh, ground truth it. Uh, so that'll be interesting also. Now, the Reserve Bank, um, interesting how interest rates going to end up, Jeff. As we all well know, things have changed in the last weeks, to be fair. Um, how's this going to end up? Well, God, it's starting to look a bit like the weather, isn't it? We're never quite sure what's around the corner. Um, and you know, all predictions are that the Reserve Bank will um, this afternoon announce uh, at 0.5 basis points or 50 basis points up. Uh, I've got a sense that the banks will be adjusting interest rates again. And I'm starting to, you know, this is uh, probably the expert issue for everybody is to ensure that they're um, locked in as much as they can and also the impact of this. We're effectively, well, we've seen the interest rates in terms of on-farm virtually double over the last uh, uh, last six months, and it doesn't seem like it's stopped yet. And so this has been quite a quick hit uh, in terms of impact, and while we've been worrying about fertiliser prices and cost of other chemicals, et cetera, rising quite significantly, I, I think this is going to be for those with a um, reasonable debt and have a really big impact in next year. Can you see another global credit crunch occurring? Oh, look, I'm never great at predicting things at the best of times, Andy, but I, you just get a sense that we're in for a bit of a tougher period now, um, <clears throat> which are, you know, they're not like on-farm things that you can deal with or in your business. These are these are influences that are outside of that. Who knows how long this goddamn nut of Putin's going to carry on for? Uh, that has to have an impact uh, right across the world. And so supply chain issues along with the post-COVID position just gives you that impression that we're going to be a couple of years. If you look back at the two other big shocks we've had, 2008 and the 87 share market, we almost can say we're combining the both this time around. Uh, the share market's been taking a bit of a hammering hand on top of that. We've obviously got a global financial uh, crisis impact starting to, to show and look like how far and how deep it'll go, I'm not sure, but recession is probably something that we may hear talked about in the, into 23. Well, when you look at the way that the supply chain is looking at the moment, jib is almost a nationwide commodity of choice, isn't it, to give you an indication of how long we're going to be going for? hoping to build a house, actually, in retirement. Good luck. Uh, I've got to say, I've had the last conversation, a couple of conversations I had with the builder. That looks like 12 months further away. Um, that's just the reality of the market. Yeah, for sure. It's frustrating and it's ongoing. But something to finish with today, a bit happier, National Lamb Day. This is something that New Zealand really does not do well. I mean, Australia with National with Australia Day, uh, January 26th, whatever it is, see, we remember the date. That's how well they do it. National Lamb Day, they're trying to encourage all Aussies to buy lamb on that day. Well, as a nation, why can't we get behind something like this? Well, Andy, I have to make that. Firstly, just just so the record's clear, New Zealanders actually in consumption eat more lamb than Australians per capita. Uh, and the other thing is, I'm, I'm much more interested in us uh, trying to sell lamb 365 days a year, not one day. Look, they do do it well, and they do do the campaign well, and they do provide a focus on the you know the higher end of cuts. 
Uh, I heard an interesting statistic yesterday in terms of the meat industry because we've just come up to 140 years since uh, first frozen shipment out of Port Chalmers, and New Zealand now only sends 4% of the total meat in frozen form. Uh, so that is a reflection of the way the industry's gone. The other is that uh, our consumption as a proportion of our exports is only about uh, 8 to 10%. In Australia, it's 40%. So it is a big market for the sheep, meat and beef. Uh, so that's probably the reason why they do it in such a symbolic way. It'll be good to see that New Zealanders getting patriotic, putting alternative proteins to one side for a day and even getting government backing saying, well, this is the day, just an extra chance to put a bit more lamb on the table. Look, you're right. Anything that uh, provides a focus on a particular product, although you start to wonder how many sort of national days of everything you can have, can you? Every morning you get up, somebody's telling you it's a national day for something. Yeah, it's a very good point. I'll leave you with that, Jeff. Enjoy your day. Thanks for your time once again on the muster. Cheers, Andy. Jeff Grant there, um, always a wealth of knowledge. And, um, yeah, touche, Mr Grant. Haven't really got to come back to that one. Um, well said regarding the lamb thing. But it is, you know, Aussie does it so well when they're talking about National Lamb Day. Um, get them behind the country and buy some lamb for the farmers. And not so much about buying the lamb, but just the principle of supporting agriculture. Be interesting if that ever takes off in New Zealand. But like Jeff said, there's a different day of appreciation for absolutely anything and everything. Um, up next on The Master, catching up, Jeffrey Young, farming up a Kettle flat. Eight million stories out there in the net.